a song that our fifth daughter wrote when um, her husband was diagnosed, first husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and, and she wrote that song over the, the next few months. If you go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, is where we're going to be, be looking, and then uh, I'll read it, and probably before you even get there, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Father, I ask you to bless here this morning, Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee, and Lord, I need you. Lord, I need clarity of mind, I need uh, strength of body, and I need you just to direct my thoughts and and Lord, help me to say only what needs to be said and say it in the way that you'd, you'd want it said. The Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee and I ask you, please, dear Jesus, that you'd wrap your arms around us, Father, and, and, and just keep us protected from all evil this morning. Turn back the evil that would try to steal away the truth and try to steal away the peace of God that passeth understanding. Lord, we need you, we love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we've been going through, we're going through these commands. I, I haven't been doing this very often, but I'm going to go through the, uh, I think it's 22 that we've gone through so far. And it's, and number one was repent of disbelief, uh, disbelief of Christ and believe in the, in the sinless, perfect Son of God. And so trust Christ as Savior. Uh, number two is after you trust Him, follow Him. And then number three is to rejoice as you follow him, the trials and persecutions you'll have to face. And he says to rejoice during those times. And as you go through those things, you let your light shine is number four. And then number five is to honor God's law. Uh, and if you honor God's law, that's the way you let your light shine. And then to be reconciled to those who you have offended. And, and all of us have offended others at some point in time or the other. Uh, it's uh, we we quickly recognize that they offend us, but but so often we don't recognize when we offend them. But he says, be reconciled to those you have offended, and then he said, do not lust. It's a direct command of Jesus, not just a command of the Old Testament, but a command of Jesus Christ. And he says, uh, keep your word, and it's uh, it's so very 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 important. Go the second mile rather than retaliation and vengeance. Love your enemies and pray for them. Be perfect, for he is perfect. So we're growing in maturity and, and, and the, uh, uh, the likeness of Christ. Do what you do in sincerity uh, toward God, not in a show to man. Number 13 is lay up treasures in heaven. It, uh, the Lord makes it clear that we need to get our focus to be more on what God knows of us rather than what people think of us. And, and number 14, judge not that you be not judged. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, which we talked about at length about that. Um, prayer is, uh, it, it, we need to ask and, and to seek, and God will answer. And then uh, number 17 is enter the straight gate. Again, it's talked about that straight gate and narrow path. And then beware of false prophets and pray for the laborers and be wise as serpent, harmless as a dove. And fear not those that seek to destroy you. And the final one that we dealt with last time is hear God's voice. Let him that hath an ear, let him hear. 
And so as we go forward, we hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, but here's, uh, this is the last one. We talk about, you know, let him that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know what, God, one of the things God's trying to tell us is we got to kind of, we got to tune in to God's voice because there's voices all over. There's just voices that are clamoring for our attention. There's voices that are clamoring to try to deceive us. There's voices that are trying to, to, to uh, honestly, it's, it's what's happened to our nation uh, in our educational system. The, these voices have conquered and taken over our educational system, so our young people are coming out, and they're believing a lie. Uh, they're, truthfully, they're believing many lies, and it's because it's been, they've been bombarded with, with voices. And God says, no, there's one voice that we're supposed to listen to, one voice. Uh, that's one of the reasons that I turn on audibly. I turn on the Word of God in the morning while I'm getting ready, and I just continue to listen to it throughout the morning is because I want to start off my day with that voice, that right voice to being in my heart and my mind. So there are many voices, but only one voice of God. And we must hear, have ears to hear the, his words so that we can know and follow his will. And so that's very important. God's, he's, he's prepared us to hear. And so many of these, these, these commands, there's one, you know, builds upon the other. And he says, he says, I want you to hear me. He said, I want to he you to hear what I'm about to tell you because here's the next, next command. He said, do you have ears? He said, because I'm about to tell you something. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so here's the command, come unto me, take my yoke upon you. And so it's really a, a dual command here. You know, when he says, come unto me, this is, this, uh, this is so much more an important command than we realize because here's where we err. He says, come unto me. You know what we do? We spend our life trying to bring Jesus to us. We spend our life trying to bring the Word of God to, to agree with us. We spend our lives trying to get uh, Jesus to come to us and agree with us and follow us. He didn't say that, hey, hey look, uh, just go where you want and I'll go with you. That's not what he says. He says, come unto me. Come unto me. Now, one of the reasons if you're, weary, you're saved right now and you're weary right now is because you have not come unto him. You've tried to bring him to you. Through all the trials and battles of life, we can grow weary. Anybody believe that? You can, get to, you can just get weary of the battle. Uh, God encourages us in the battle, and, and he gives us command in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So God knows that in our flesh, if we're not very careful, if we don't come unto him continuously, then we're going to grow weary in our well-doing. We're going to grow weary in our service for God. Uh, simple truth is, is, is it's, it's what happens. This is not abnormal for us on Sunday. After we have several days, people get weary. Uh, you know, it, it takes a lot just to keep going. I talked to a, uh, one of our uh, people this morning. He said, you know, just I'm just weary. You know what? Uh, that doesn't mean he's not spiritual. The flesh gets weary at times. But this verse is written in the book that deals, that verse, Galatians 6, 9, is written in a book that deals with false teachers teaching false doctrine in the, entering into the church. 
The Galatians were being deceived, but before the book closes, the Galatians are encouraged not to get weary in the battle of following God. And so what a promise and encouragement in the battle of life. It is a a lifetime of war uh, that we fight as a Christian. We're in a battle every day we get up. We're in a battle every day to get through. Satan tries to attack in every way he can, every inconvenience, every, honestly, uh, you know, notice on uh, the two times that you're most weary in the week is, is Saturday morning if you're going to go soul winning and then Sunday morning when you're going to go to church. It is amazing how we can just be weary uh, when, when those times come. But now if we're going fishing, we're not weary. If we're going hunting, we're not weary. If we're going out to the lake, we're not weary. We're not, we're not listening. You know, the, the, the truth is, and you say, well, why do I feel that way? Because Satan wants you to feel that way. But he says it's in this lifetime of war we need God's strength. For he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Are you weary in the battle for righteousness? If you're, if you're not, I, I, you know... <laughs> I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I mean, if you're out in this world at all and trying to live righteously, you're just, you're getting beat up. The more you take a stand for God, the more they're going to punch at you. And, and honestly, it's just a constant wearing down. I always think of David when he said, and I think it's Psalm 50, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. It's not Psalm 56, but he says, he fighting daily wearieth me. Maybe it is Psalm 56, but he fighting daily wearieth me. You know what he's saying? He's saying every day I have to fight. And you know what? This daily, just knowing I got to get up and fight again, just it's wearing me down. And it's more of a mental wearing down than it is a, a physical wearing down. But the world, the flesh, and the devil attack our families, our marriages, our children, our homes, our churches daily. Daily. You know, the, 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 uh, it is just an amazing thing. Uh, you know, that, that uh, uh, watch it. We, we clean off our back fence. And because we took all the stuff down back there, it blew our fence down. If our stuff had been up there, it wouldn't have blown the fence down. But we take it all down, we cut it all down, work like crazy, pay money, get it hauled away, and it didn't. The wind blows our fence down. And I don't know if you know this is, but it blew our tree down, at least half of it. Somebody asked me, what are you going to do? Oh, Amy asked me, what are you going to do about it? So I'm going to get a chainsaw and cut it up. That reminds me, anybody got a chainsaw? <laughs> Praise the Lord, I need it. All right, now. But... Sometimes we think, here's what we say, can I get a break? Can I ever get a break? You ever feel, anybody ever said that? Can I just get a break? Have you ever said, will, will it ever lit up? You ever been in one of those, you're going through one of those things where you say, will it ever lit up? Will it ever get better? I'm so tired of the battle and the conflict. I've sat down at times and I think, I'm just tired. Tired of the battle. And, and, and this one always gets me. Just when you think you're about to win, everything gets kicked out from under you. Now, this is the most common usage of this command, the truthfully, 
this command, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. You know, the, the, let me read out. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we look at it and say, you know what? Uh, this is talking about in daily life, coming to Jesus. And if we will walk with him and talk with him, and if we'll actually let him take our load, uh, then, you know, if we get in the yoke with him, you don't really have to pull very much because he's pulling everything anyway, right? All we're doing is sticking our head in the yoke. And that's a great truth here because it is true. That's a truth that that's, this passage teaches that, that really when you feel you're most weary, I'll challenge you, just if you're really feeling down, if you're really feeling discouraged, if you're really feeling like you're getting beat up and you're depressed, go pray. And I always say, if you're able, go walk and pray. If you're not able, go sit outside and look up at the stars and pray. And just pray and look at God's creation. Look at everything that he's created. And look, it, just feel the wind in your face. And, and what you do while you do that, just pray and talk to the Lord. And I'll tell you, you probably feel better. You really will. You'll feel better. Uh, but you'll feel regenerated so many times that, that I felt like I can't hardly take another step. I'll step out the door to go walk and pray. And by the time I get back, I got energy and I got strength. And, and I'm telling you, just right now, that's what it's talking about. He's saying, come unto me, all, the, you, you, all you that labor and, and the heavy laden. He said, you're, this is just burdening you down. It's depressing you. It's discouraging you. And you feel like you can't go on. And it's many reasons. It may be, it may be family issues. It may be financial issues. It may be physical issues. It, it may be all of the above. But come unto Jesus. Now, this is something that, honestly, if you'll do it, it'll help you. You, you know, if you were sick, you'd go to the doctor, he'd give you a medicine. It's kind of silly to go spend all that money, and then when he gives you the prescription, you just take it home and throw it away. Hello? Here's God's prescription. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're weary in this battle for righteousness, and you get weary in the battle, the world of flesh and the devil attack you, uh, just sometimes we just got to stop and just take Jesus at what he said and just come unto him. That's the real command, come unto him. Now, this is... A interpretation. This is a, 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 an application of this passage. But I don't believe it's the primary or the main teaching from this passage. I think it's very important. I think there's, there's something we need to do. If you're weary right now, come unto Jesus. We'll, in just a little bit, we'll give an opportunity to come to an altar. And I'm going to just tell you, I think it's real good for us to come to an altar. I do it in many, many of the services that I even preach. I still come to the altar. I'll still buy my knee behind the pulpit. You know what we're doing? We're coming unto him because, Lord, I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm beat up. I don't know which way to go. So I'm coming to you to give me some rest. It's a wonderful truth. But now listen. I believe there's another meaning of this command, and truthfully, just directly, it's about salvation. You see, where this is written in the context that it's written in, this is really what it's talking about. It's talking about coming to Jesus for salvation. 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come, all ye that labor. This, this, would be, this, this would be all who are continuing to work for their salvation. And, and, I, and I don't usually do this, but I'm talking about Catholicism and Church of Christ and Mormons and Jehovah's Witness and even some Baptists. You know why you're so weary? Is because you're still trying to somehow earn your way to heaven. And this is what the Lord's primarily talking about here. The chapter, this is what the chapter is talking about here. It's talking about you got the Pharisees and you've got the, the religious group that are saying, no, you've got to live by the law. Well, the law was weighty. The law was burdensome. The law was going to condemn them. And they were saying, this is your way of salvation. And Jesus said, no, come to me, all ye that are burdened, all ye that are, are heavy laden, laboring, heavy laden. He said, come to me, you're laboring to get saved. You're laboring to get to heaven. You're, you're so burdened down by this weight of trying to get there. And he said, no, come to me. Come to me. They labor, they are heavy laden, weighed down with rituals and service and weighed down with daily living in bondage. Listen, desiring to know but never knowing if they have achieved heaven. Uh, uh, there was a lady that came to the vacation Bible school, a 20-year-old lady, a very sweet lady came to vacation Bible school. The visitor was invited to come, and, and I stood and talked to her. And, and you know, so much it was... I have to do these things to go to heaven. And, and you know, it was such a joy to look at her and take her to the scriptures and, and, and bring her to Jesus so she could find out that he's already done all this that she's talking about. He's already lived the perfect life. He's already paid for everything. And getting her to understand that that, listen, you're burdened down. You'll never have peace that way. You never, I was, uh, and I've told the story before, I'm sure, but, but I was out with a, with a tour group years and years ago, maybe in one of the first or second tour groups I had as a group of boys, and, and we went up to a door, and, and, and I'd sent two of them to a door, and I was uh, with another boy at a door, and, and I looked back over, and I, I saw that they were having issues over there, so I walked up, and I walked up. I realized that they, they were trying to witness to a lady who was Church of Christ, and, and boy, she was letting them have it. And so I walked up, and I, and I just stepped in front of them. They stepped back, and I said, I, I said, ma'am, we don't want a, a conflict with you, argue with you. And, uh, and she, she had just a scowl on her face. And I said, ma'am, but, but can I ask you one question, and then we'll leave. And she looked at me, and she said, well, yeah, go ahead, because she wants us to leave. And I said, here's my question. When you put your head on your pillow at night, do you really have peace? Do you really have peace? And this has only happened just a time or two in all of my soul and in life, but big tears just started pouring out of her eyes. And I looked at him and I said, you don't, do you, ma'am? Because every day you're, you're trying one more time to be good enough to get heaven. And I said, and what we are trying to tell you about is something that will give you peace. Because being justified by, justified by faith, thereby we have peace with God. 
And that little Church of Christ lady got saved that day because she found that there was an opportunity to truly have peace. When anyone truly comes to salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, they find peace and rest. And that's what he was promising. He said, come unto me. He said, you're so burdened down. You know, I didn't go into it, but even the definitions of heavy laden, that, that definition is really talking, it's talking about ritualistic burdens. It's talking about trying to keep things. It's trying to do things. It's trying to earn your way. You say, why, Brother Hooker, that we all believe in salvation by grace. Then why are you so miserable? Why do you get so burdened down? Why do you get so frustrated? When we take the yoke of grace upon us, we learn the truth of eternal security in Christ. We learn that, that he does not present, listen to me, the spirit of pride that those who work for their salvation bring upon themselves. See, it really is, it's the spirit of pride. But rather the spirit of meekness and humility. You ever wonder why he talks about, I'm meek and lowly? You know why he's doing that? He's trying to say, because you're caught up in the spirit of pride. What I offer is not pride, it's humility. When you come to Christ, you have to come empty, and you have to come with nothing. I can't offer anything. I can't add anything. I can't bring anything. It's a gift from God. You see, our salvation is a gift, not earned. It's incapable capable of being earned. If in our pride we attempt to help out Jesus and help ourselves find salvation, we have left humility and entered the heavy yoke of pride. The yoke of salvation in Christ is easy and his burden is light. And this is one of the, the direct means of this passage. He said this command. He said, come to me for salvation. Come to me. You're working and burdened down. You're so consumed with trying to do this and to do that and to make sure that you've, you're living up to a standard to, to get yourself salvation. Folks, we don't live for God to get heaven. We live for God because he's already given it to us. The yoke of salvation in Christ is easy and his burden is light. The yoke of service for Christ is easy and his burden is light. Do you understand? It's both applications. He, he's saying, if you come unto me for salvation, he's, listen to me, y'all look at me. It, has this ever happened to you or anybody you've ever talked to about salvation where, where these words have been said? After I prayed and accepted Christ, it just seemed like a weight came off my shoulders. Anybody ever heard that before? Just seemed like a weight came off my shoulders. I didn't understand it. I couldn't interpret. I, I mean, I couldn't, couldn't, I had nobody there with me. But listen, every night for months, I struggled to go to sleep. I was living in fear of death. I was living in fear of some eternity that I didn't understand every night. And then November the 8th, 1975, about 10 o'clock at night, when I knelt down beside my bed and prayed and asked Christ to save me, I didn't, I, listen, I had nobody there around me. I had no comprehension, really, totally what I've done. But I, can I tell you, that night, I laid my head on my pillow and went 
to sleep. I wasn't tormented. When Christ comes in, when we come to him, we have rest. And he says, come to me for salvation. Come to me and, and, and quit trying to you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's to get my salvation. Listen, we can't live good enough. Our flesh is never going to be good enough. So, and I know this is where it gets all confusing. This whole grace crowd has just got it all out of whack. But they think, okay, it's all by grace, and it is. Salvation is all by grace through faith. But all these commands come after salvation. And so many of these commands, he's teaching us how to live so we can continue in rest. You see, we come to him and the burden comes off our shoulders. And then as we began to walk from him, so many people, and I think, uh, again, there's somebody was telling me about one of the boys when they came in, and it was a boy they'd been talked to several times uh, about salvation. But sin, what it came down to, he's prayed and he's trusted Christ and he's gotten saved, but, but he keeps sinning. And so in his mind, since he keeps sinning, he must not really be saved. Do you understand? That keeps you out of rest. That keeps you in torment. God never expected, he didn't give us salvation because of our perfection, because if he did, we wouldn't have it. He didn't, he, we don't keep salvation because of our perfection. And that's what gives us rest. That's what gives us peace. Aren't you glad you don't have to be perfect to go to heaven? That gives me peace. That doesn't give me license to sin. It gives me peace to live for him, to keep saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep coming unto him. Come unto me. Come unto me. And I'm going to keep coming unto him. So God says here to answer the question why are we burdened down and and i'm like anybody else in this room there are times that i get burdened down there are times that it, it that it starts to the weight comes back on me and i'm gonna give you three reasons that this weight will come one very simply, you're not in his yoke in service. Not walking with him, talking to him, getting his wisdom and guidance and strength. When I feel the burden, I can also know that I probably have gotten more distant from him. The closer I get to him, the more at peace I'm going to be. So if I'm starting to feel burdened, I'm just more distant from him. Anybody want to admit that with me? It's a good signal for me. It's, it's like a thermometer, man. I mean, it, it, it's a gauge. When I'm starting to feel the weight, then I know I'm getting more distant. So I've got to fight to get back closer. Because if I'll come unto him, he will give me rest. He can't lie, amen? 
Number two, it may be because you've forgotten that his yoke of salvation is his yoke and not yours. You see, I believe there's people, especially in our Baptist churches that are saved, but like that little boy. You get saved, and then you get distant. So here's what the devil says to you. You've got, you, you feel so distant and so burdened down because of sin and distance that Satan says, you can't really be saved. And when you lose that confidence in your salvation, when you lose that assurance, you talk about being burdened down. That weight is almost unbearable. You know why? Because any rational person looks back and says, well, I trusted him back there. I can't do it any better. I can't ask him any different. I can't believe in him any more than I did here. And if that didn't work, it never will. Why even try again? Folks, you're believing a lie if that's where you are. Because once you ask Christ to save you, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God makes a promise, and God doesn't back on his promise. These things have God written. Look, he's written the truth to us, and he cannot lie. And God who cannot lie has promised us eternal life. Titus 1-2. So don't let that... Don't let the devil lie to you because you may have struggled. Let me tell you, if you can point back to a time where you trusted Christ, what you need to do right now, if you're full of doubt and heavy laden, you need to flee back to him. You need to flee back to him. And what I would do is I'd go home right now today and I would open up my Bible and I would write out a, a testimony in my Bible of the day I trusted Jesus Christ. I would write it out in description of, of everything, where I was, when it was, how it was, everything I can remember about it. I'd write it out in my Bible. And then I would sit down with another piece of paper, and I'd write out every sin that needed to be confessed. And I'd write out every sin. And as soon as you, you go through that and write out every sin, then I would confess every sin I could think of. Holy Spirit, bring to my mind every sin I need to confess because I need to get this out of my way so I can come unto him. Because it's a big hedge in between us. And I need to get it out of the way. And I'll just tell you, after you write them all down, I would tear them up, flush them down the toilet. If your toilet will flush. Number three. We may feel burdened down because you've never come to him and joined him in his yoke of salvation. And we have them in every church. Since a long time ago, but, but I was in Kentucky and there was a church, but it was probably about 300, maybe 350 people there. And I preached a simple message that morning. And we had 
I believe it was eight people that came forward to get saved. Seven of the eight were older and had been in the church 20 years or more. And they came forward to get saved because somewhere along the way, they had prayed a prayer. Watch me. They had never separated their works. That prayer was one more work. And listen, if you think that prayer is one more work, every that little girl that I talked to uh, the other night that got saved, I told her several times, reciting prayers will not save anyone. What you mean in your heart when you pray can save you. When speaking of the Pharisees and the heavy burden of the law, Jesus said this. He's going to say it much later in Matthew, but this is really what he's talking about. He's going to culminate it later in Matthew. Matthew chapter 23, verse 4, he says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. There's a world out there, and sadly, our region it permeates our young people we've talked about this before but there's a world out there of religion that keeps the people under the burden and I believe they do it intentionally let me just help you we'd have double the people in here maybe the triple the people in here if I preached to you and told you that you got to be at church in order to go to heaven And I'll, I'll be as kind as I can. It's, it's one of the things that, that I, at times, I get frustrated with myself, but yet I can't change from what I believe. Do you know that, that w the way we, this church runs right here, I'm trying my best to run it by love, not intimidation. See, intimidation says, if you don't do what I want you to do, and do it the way I want you to do it, then I'm going to chew you out, I'm going to get in your face, I'm going to make you a public spectacle. But that's not Christ. You say, then why do, do I, do some people are up and down in their consistency in whatever they do? I think two reasons again. Maybe because most of their life they've just performed because of intimidation. So when it's removed, they really don't know how to react. So folks, I, I beg you, you don't serve God to get to heaven. That's a heavy burden. But you don't not serve God because you got heaven because eventually that's going to become a heavy burden. An inconsistent life for Christ, even if it's a saved person, is a heavy burden. Because he said, he commanded, come unto me. And that doesn't mean come one time unto me. 
That means come unto me and come unto me and come unto me and come unto me and continually come unto me. And he said, you know what? And I will continually give you rest. So what drives you? Does your relationship with Christ drive you? Or does it take intimidation to drive you? I can tell you how much weight you feel under right now. If you come to Jesus for salvation, then that's a burden lifted off your shoulders, and that's peace. If you come to church after you're saved and you serve God and seek God and seek to walk with God and try to to live for others, then can I tell you, that's a burden lifting off your shoulders. Because every day you're coming back to Christ and saying, Lord, how can you use me today? What do you want from me today? And that's peace. I say this, probably physically Miss Connie was pretty weary Wednesday night when she finally got those 60-something kids back home. Miss Peggy and Miss Connie probably wore out. But I guarantee you when they laid their head on the pillow, there was rest. You know why? Because they were coming to him, not because they had to, because they chose to. They chose to follow Christ. And I'm going to just tell you, he didn't say that it wouldn't be a yoke, that it wouldn't be easy. I mean, that, it, that, that there would not be a work. Let's read it again. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, you're, you're working yourself, trying to work so hard. Take my yoke upon you. So he didn't say we're going to stop working. He just said when you come unto me and we work together, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, I pray that you bless, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your love and your goodness, dear God.